You're listening to the Outstanding Life Podcast with your host, Johnny D, the motivational cowboy. 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 As a motivational speaker, Johnny D impacts audiences around the world with his message of living the outstanding life. He's a best-selling author, MC, and two-time Grammy-considered artist. This podcast is a place where Johnny D can introduce you to his outstanding friends and share funny, interesting, and heart-provoking stories. Ladies and gentlemen, buckle up. Here comes your host, Johnny D. Sweat. And we damn sure proud of it. Tennessee. 
Hey everybody, it's Johnny D, the Motivational Cowboy. Welcome to my Outstanding Life Podcast, and I want to welcome all my friends listening this morning on Dirt Road Radio, KYDT 103.1 FM and KBFS 1450 AM. I am so excited today. You just got done listening to a song. Listen up to a song that has never been played on the radio. This is the first time it has ever been played on the radio. It's called Tennessee Grit. And we are talking on the phone right now with Riley Anglin, otherwise known as Rowdy. What is going on, my friend? Cowboy, cowboy. Johnny B, good to talk to you, man. Good to hear from you. Man, I am just living it up here in Tennessee Enjoying this big old heat wave sweeping across the Midwest. It's about ninety-eight degrees outside, but it's a it's a, a nice balmy sixty-nine degrees inside my house. <laughs> so, talk about Tennessee grit. And, and first of all, let me just say welcome to the show. Second of all, thank you, thank you, thank you for for allowing me and the listeners to be the first ones to ever listen. To Tennessee Grit. Your music is amazing. I've been telling you that for years, and, and I can't thank you enough for letting us be the first ones to listen oh. to an incredible song. Tell, tell us about the new CD, the new project, and talk a little bit about Tennessee Grit and how it was written. Johnny, only the best for, for the fam, man. You, you're, you're a brother. You're a good... Uh, you're, just, you're, you're just such a good man for the job to bring such, such a, a, you know, creative piece of my own to the, to the world and express it to them. And, and, and be, I don't know, just be a channel. And I really appreciate you. And like I said, only the best for family. Um, but yeah, so what you just heard was uh, the first single off of a new record we're working on. It's called Los Sabaneros, which means the Cowboys, the Plainsmen, uh, me and a few other uh, slingers here in, in Nashville. We, we bootstrapped that record through the whole pandemic and, and wrote and recorded this thing uh, while the world was shut down. And we felt like it was a, an appropriate name to call it uh, Los Sabaneros um, just by, by way of, you know what, what it means to be a cowboy. Only a cowboy can say, but you just it's, it's a heart. It's a soul. It's a it's a state of mind that you just you get stuff done. Even when it, you, you, even when everything might be against you, or, or or there there might be a lot of problems to solve, or or you know what, when 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 it seems like the the world might have a little bit of pressure on you, you still find a way to get the job done. So that's that's pretty pretty much the the guts of this record. But Tennessee Grit was the first single off of it because it's the Tennessee spirit that really drove the creativity of this record um, to get it done. And if you know anything about Tennessee, we're the 16th state added to the union. We're called the volunteer state because anytime any other state around us needed some help, we were right there to go kick butt and help protect this thing that we called American Liberty. Um, Tennessee Britain itself still stands. You know, we, we, we were the state that answered the call anytime anybody needed anything that would protect the constitution of the United States. Tennessee was the first boots on the ground. Um, and I just want to embody that. I wanted to, to just kind of encompass and capture that in a song and talking about all the things that make us great. You know, in the course, it says more than just orange and white. Check it up on a Saturday night. You know, first and foremost, go balls, go Tennessee balls. But it's not just, you know, the spirit of, 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 of being, being just a, a fanatic of, of your own state team or state colors. And it's, and it's not just, you know, 
being from the South. It's not just being American. It's being Tennessee. It's being that Tennessee spirit and grit that no matter what, you put your boots on and you get the job done. I love it. And and you recorded with some uh, pretty famous friends as well. But before we get into that, I have one question. You brought up Tennessee and everything that Tennessee has to bring as a state. And and, and yeah. what when I was following you on social and stuff like that, and you guys were, were, were putting stuff out, little bits and pieces here and there about recording in the studio, I yes. seen a little Tennessee whiskey being drank during that <laughs> yeah. CD. Was that, was that just for, for social media or was there oh. a little drink being drank? Oh no, 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 I don't, I don't, I don't, hey, you'll know one thing about Rowdy is, is, is I don't, I don't do nothing for, for play. I don't, I don't do nothing for, for looks. I, if I'm doing it, I'm doing it for real, but those are some good friends of ours. Uh, Nelson's Greenbrier Distillery in Nashville. So they're actually noted as the, the, the real first Tennessee whiskey. So there's such thing as called a DSP, a distilled spirits permit. And they own the fifth one, uh, that the basically United States legislation has offered, has given out. And knowing that uh, George Washington has number one with, with Mount Vernon. Um, so the fifth DSP that was given out to actually be able to distill spirits and, and, and actually make mashed corn whiskey was given to Chaz Charles Nelson. Um, he's a European, came over, established himself as a, a, a merchant, and then uh, started this distillery. And where I live in Greenbrier, Tennessee, is actually named after the original distillery that was here. And that was the first Tennessee whiskey is Nelson's Greenbrier whiskey. So the the men who run it now are the grandchildren of Charles. But there was a, a bit of time between Prohibition to now that basically the, the, the distillery was shut down. But once those grandchildren, once the, uh, the, the grandkids, Charles III, I think, um, is, is his name. And he's, he, him and his brother, uh, found out that the, the family empire was something that was, you know, huge in the late 1800s. And they found out about it by stumbling onto their legacy, uh, by way of some friends uh, that just happened to know about the history of the area. And they went to the city hall and they had this basically a locked box with two original bottles in it. And basically the, the whole, Every every recipe, um, the the whole catalog basically of every recipe, every type of grain, how much grain, how much uh, water, how, how you know, basically all all in in this one small lockbox, and it, it basically sort of re uh, resurrected the whole idea of of them opening the distillery back up. So it was a real hair raising you know moment for them. And they did. They opened the distillery right back up down in Nashville back in 2014, I want to say. Um, but yeah, they're up and operating now still as the known as the Tennessee, you know, there's Jack Daniels, there's all these other ones, but you know, Nelson's Green Bar is the original Tennessee whiskey. And yes, we definitely used it for inspiration during the record. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Hey, and, and the one thing I love about you, you're not only a talented musician, singer, songwriter, but you're like a, a history buff as well. And that's why I love talking to you because you know a lot about a lot. So I, I appreciate you giving a, giving us that history lesson about the Tennessee whiskey. I think that is pretty cool. 
Um, so I want to talk about a couple of the people that you were in the studio with and you made the album with. And for those of you that are, that are listening right now, yes, you got to, to, to listen to Tennessee Grit, and, and it's, and it's an, an incredible, incredible uh, song. But the whole album, you just took your game to another level, brother. With, I don't know how many CDs you have, two or three now, but yeah, yeah. this new CD, I mean, the the last ones, I don't, I, I didn't know how you could top the last couple CDs. I didn't know how you could top the, the, the songs, the music, but brother, you found inspiration somewhere because this album, I cannot wait for the world to hear it because I'm getting goosebumps as I sit here today in Southern Detroit thinking about what I got to hear. So um, oh, talk a little bit about that and talk about the people that, that, uh, cause you have some pretty famous people on the album. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, you know, the whole idea of Rowdy being Dixie original, and that's sort of the whole, that, that's, that's the whole spectrum there is Rowdy Dixie original. If you listen in, in Tennessee grit, you'll hear a partner on the bridge where I actually uh, kind of give a little bit of a salute towards Charlie Daniels, which uh, Ronnie Van Zant was known to have named uh, Charlie Daniels. Uh, Ronnie Van Zant, late Ronnie Van Zant from the band Leonard Skinner, used to nickname Charlie Daniels uh, the King of Dixie. And I, I, Charlie Daniels has always been one of my heroes, one of my favorite musicians. He's a great songwriter. He's a fellow original Tennessean. Um, that I wanted to kind of lean into that idea of, you know, I, if I'm going to make music and I'm going to create it, I'm, it's, it has to come from an original place. And for me as an artist, as a creator, as a craftsman, you know, I'm, I'm not just a singer and songwriter. I'm also a craftsman and a carpenter. Um, I, I build things from nothing. And it's it, original pieces are reflections of who I am. So when I put my energy and focus into a song, I want it to be as original as possible, just like my predecessors and my heroes before me. And you can hear in this music, um, these are the originality of each selected member. I wanted to be a part of this. And these are people who have been a part of what I've been doing creatively for over 15 years. Um, my, my best friend and brother, Aaron Gillespie from the band under oath and the band, the almost, and he has so much music out there. Um, and you can check them out. Uh, like I said, under oath and the almost, um, he's allowed me to be a part of his music just as much as he's been a part of mine. Uh, but he's a co-songwriter and, and the producer of this record. And he's actually the producer of the last record I put out, which is just a self-titled record, Rowdy. And you can find all this music, Spotify, uh, uh, Apple Music, iTunes, anywhere you can find uh, stream, all all DSPs, all streaming platform platforms. Um, so the idea of keeping this original and to keep it Dixie original and and I believe there's a little taste and a little heart of Dixie everywhere, especially you find people uh, in, in the upper Midwest and the Dakotas, like the hardest working people, my heart and my salute go out to you guys. I write this music for you all. I write this music for the other originals, the people who wake up in the morning and they do what they got to do to get the job done. And that's Tennessee grit may be entitled Tennessee, but that same spirit is truly wherever there is wherever farming and ranching and wherever working the land is like it's all that dirt is the originality it is the origin of what we do 
And any music that I create and I invite people to be a part of it, those people have to share in that same spirit. So not only Aaron Gillespie, but my good buddy, best brother, best buddy, J.J. Ravel. He's, he actually runs Front of House, which is the soundboard for Under Oath. And he's a producer, too. He, he, he produces bands down in Tampa, Florida. He's got a studio down there. He works with lots of different bands. And we've co-written every song that's on the every record that I've, that I've put out. Um, and then uh, Tucker Wilson plays drums for Justin Moore. He's a great country singer. He's a good buddy of mine, and he sat in on this project as well. Um, Kurt Ozan, he plays pedal steel and auxiliary for Luke Combs, which is a, a, another famed country singer out there. He lent, he landed his um, his talents in, in the studio with this and play. So you can hear the the origin, the original heart and soul of creativity in this record, in these songs, um, just by way. Like I said, it has to be original. We're not trying to recreate anything. We're trying to literally pull something out of the ground from the dirt, from its origin. Like I said, just like these great co-op farmers and ranchers out there in, in, in the upper Midwest where, where you guys are listening. I'm trying to do what you guys do with your hands and the dirt. I'm trying to put that in. What does that sound like? And that's what I'm trying to write. I'm trying to write that kind of music for my type of people, for for the hardworking the the uh, by the sweat of their brow and and the strength of their backs carrying this country. I want to be able to inspire you guys to keep going and keep doing what you're doing to live the best life that you could possibly live. And you know, all the way back to the first EP I put out back in 2015, it's called Find Good Time. I'm talking about stories that I grew up with. Um, one of our favorites we talked about, uh, Johnny, is, is Chevy in the Road. Um, we love that song. It, it, it's a it's a portrait of a real it's, it's a portrait of real life. I grew up with a grandfather who had a you know old Cadillac, and he'd take corners a little fast just to let us slide across the back seat. And then <laughs> and then you know, as far as like riding in a you know my favorite truck, which you know I I grew up you know my dad had you know all sorts of different vehicles, but my favorite truck that we ever had was a stepside Chevrolet and I'll just, I'll never forget it. And, you know, I recently in the past couple of years purchased my own box style. Um, and it, it's an 85 Chevy C20. And, and I, you know, I take, I take the kids on little rides just to make sure that they, they get a little feel of, of tradition and, and, uh, we take, you know, take them for ice cream or whatnot, but, but it's those things. It's, it's these original, like elements that I like to keep around me and the, the it, it, it's with the people and it's with the elements. It's even all the way to the musical instruments I play. I don't, I don't go out looking for like the best top quality. What, what other people say is the best. If it feels good in my hands and, and it makes my heart come alive when I play it, then that's original. That's to me, that is what inspires myself. And I know that it goes on to inspire other people to do their best, to put their best into what they're doing. But it's not about necessarily the stuff. It's just, it's about like what resonates with your, with you, your heart and your soul. And that truly is like the origin of all my music comes from and the choice of musicians and friends and family and who I surround myself with. And, and that's, that's allowed me to see the whole world, brother. I've got to see, 
so much culture, so many different types of, of, of people and, and friends and family and, and they're traveling around the world. But I'll tell you one thing that's in common from here all the way to Moscow, from here all the way around to the Philippines and Australia, one thing is in common. People want authenticity. They want real love and they want original. They want the, the, the real you, the real person. Um, you, pe- people are smart. You can tell when something's fabricated or manufactured. You know, it, it's got to, it's just got to be real. And that's, like I said, that's the core and the heart and soul of everything that I do. I love it, man. I love it. So I think that this is a perfect time to play Chevy in the road. What do you think? Amen. Well, ladies and gentlemen, here it is. It's called Chevy in the Road by Riley Anglin. Speed baby blue bench seat Granddaddy owned and driven for 40 years Gave me the keys when I turned 15 Said every man needs a good truck I spent the next year burning up the back 40 Just kicking up Tennessee dust And I sure love to let them horses run Said, won't you climb up inside And let the Chevy and the road collide Freedom through a roll-down window we'll Take a worry from your mind Luke drifting on the AM radio Saying how he's seen the light Oh, there ain't too many things That make you feel so alive Like when the Chevy and the road collide Take a worry from your mind 
Riley, I got to ask you, brother, that I love that song, not only because, you know, I'm involved with NASCAR and Chevrolet and I, I and I've been driving, you know, Chevy trucks for a long time. I got to ask you one question, though. Yeah, yeah. Does Rowdy only write songs about Chevrolet or is he an, an, an equal guy where, you know, he'll write about the Fords and the Chryslers and the this and the that? Or is he just a Chevy guy? Oh no, bow tie till I die, brother. (laughs) (laughs) Chevrolet's been it since I was a kid. See, my dad was a mechanic uh, growing up, and he he raised four kids on a mechanic's wage, and that basically means this: uh, what we needed to buy that week, he made that week. You know, Um, we never had there was never retirement, there was never savings. It was it just we we did what we did. And we had what we had, and we were happy. And we didn't know any different, basically. So growing up, my dad, he was the test. He was the one that that basically tried out every manufacturer and tried out every, uh, you know, era, late model to, to newer model. Like, just, you know, wanting to figure out, like, what the sort of the best vehicles are. And, you know, there's lots of manufacturers. There's, lo- there's lots of manufacturers that have partnered up and, and taken ownership of all these you know the A, B, C class of manufacturers, but one manufacturer always just sort of made it through, and that was Chevrolet. Everything we ever talked about, as far as if you're going to get it, if you're going to get a truck, if you're going to get a car, if you're going to get a vehicle that you know you can depend on, Chevrolet is always it. And, I, and that's not by way of sponsorship. That's not by way of being told to say that. That's by, surely by experience. An example that a Chevy, you can't beat a Chevy truck. You can't. You and, and, and anybody can follow you on social media and watch you, your wife, and your two children in your old Chevy. I mean, it, oh, yeah. it, it's incredible. It's awesome. Well, one thing that uh, that we do have in common, uh, we both love Chevy. And uh, those of you that don't know, I'm a big part of NASCAR, and I do work with Chevrolet. I interview all the uh, Chevy drivers and stuff like that at the NASCAR races. So the next time you listeners are at a NASCAR race, make sure you stop by the Chevrolet display and see your friend Johnny D. And, um, man, I'd love to meet you guys in person. That being said, Rowdy, that's another thing that uh, not just Chevrolet that we have in common that we love, but we love some NASCAR. Oh, oh, love me some NASCAR. Greatest sport in the <laughs> land, in the land of the free. <laughs> I don't know if you got more excited about talking about your music or if you got more excited about talking about NASCAR. When did you become a fan of NASCAR? And and, and, and I got to ask you that, but I got to ask you what everybody always wants to know about everybody. Who was your guy? Listen, this is going to... this. This is a three. This is a three-part miniseries <laughs> of an answer. <laughs> so, a three-part miniseries of an answer. Now, so first and foremost, I am I am just as excited, if not a little bit more, about NASCAR than country music. But I am a blessed, blessed man. I have worked my ass off, Johnny. I've worked my butt off to get to where I'm at right now and raising my, my family and, and being able to have what I have to say that I am doing what I absolutely love playing country music 
and 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 being involved in the NAS, in the NASCAR industry. It's it's the 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 best. You can say the same. You're doing the same thing. You're involved in radio, motivation speaking, and NASCAR industry. Like what else? More more. I mean, you you're just shy of just imploding at all times, just because you're so excited and happy. And I love that about. Your spirit, Johnny. It's, you it's the grind, right? It's the grind. Right. I mean, I, I just got done yes. speaking in Cleveland yesterday, and and I was, t- you know, speaking uh, to about three hundred real estate agents, and it's fun. I love what I get to do every single weekend, every single week. But just like you said, it's also the grind. Yes, people yes. don't realize that the reason why I'm busy is because I'm out there doing it. <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's right. It's like if you're always wondering, maybe you're so good. It's because I love what I do so much. If I didn't love it, I wouldn't be doing it. So, amen. You know, so, so in this, in this case, you know, country music and NASCAR, they truly go hand in hand. They're from the same, they're from the same area. They're from the same, I mean, truly from the same area. When I say that, I mean, country music's origin is Bristol, Tennessee. Um, as far as it capturing like the souls and the sound of the Appalachian region. And it first recordings were in Bristol. Well, let's talk about the first races and the first, like, you know, comprised, you know, true, like, races that were put on were right there in the Appalachians as well in the Carolinas. So, you know, they, 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 they come, they're, they're, I would say that they're brother and sister, uh, you know, coming out of the same, uh, more or less the same womb, the same, the same, the, you know, nursery. So, uh, all that to say, you know, when I write my music, I, I'm pulling from inspiration of other things that are original. And NASCAR is one of those big things. And when I talk about NASCAR, I'm not talking about just the sport that it is today. I'm talking about the fact that it came from the grind. The sport itself was country music was also born from the grind. Let's let's look look at this in, t- in two different ways. Number one, country music, the Carter family, Mother Maybell, Sarah. And AP Carter drove from Poor Valley, Virginia, from 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 over in Macy Springs, drove over the mountain in the middle of July when there's thunderstorms. They got like uh, it's 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 hundred degrees outside. Um, they get they get a flat tire on the way, and Mother Maybell's eight months pregnant with her first child. So they, you know, no air conditioning. Like this is like when cars like refer, like in the early 1920s is 1927, July 1927. So you can imagine they had to have loved and they, they knew that they were on a mission, but they, they were on a grind. They, they, they grinded all the way to Bristol to be able to make that session for the, for the big bang for the birthplace. So let's look at NASCAR. These men you know, during a time when when industry was literally at its like the the price of living was at its highest, but industry was at its lowest, these men and women were just trying to make a living. So they figured out how to do what they needed to do by making this this beautiful, you know, clear mouse liquor out of the hills, and then finding out a way to be able to transport it to make it as, as to a merchant, but yet dealing with you know federal regulations and all this but it didn't stop the grind so you have these things that that you know and i believe in the grind still today so do you and in these fine people listening to this program you believe in the grind and that's why we do what we love and we love what we do and we can wake up every morning and be excited about the next one we may be sore from the day before but we're excited and we're happy to keep doing what we're doing because we know that we're god blessed to be able to do it so NASCAR in itself, I grew up in Bristol, Tennessee, 
Um, hence why I, you know, know a little bit about the history, you know, a, a lot more about the history, but there's a little, you know, tidbit for you. But I grew up in Bristol, Tennessee, right there at Bristol, Bristol Motor Speedway. It was always in my backyard. I was always involved in the races when they came to town. My dad's a mechanic. So all his, you know, AutoZone and Napa, you name, name it, all of his, you know, the, the people that he worked with were all sponsors, you know, all the different, um, the, the manufacturer uh, dealerships around town. My dad was the guy. Um, he had a you know the mustache and the bland, so he put he put on a big pair of sunglasses. You know, people always thought he looked like Dale Earnhardt, which you know, uh, God bless the man, man in black. He he's he is my guy for from now until forever. Dale Earnhardt, <laughs> Dale Earnhardt forever. And what you know, Dale Earnhardt drove Chevrolet, so that was a big that was a big deal too. So. Um, not only Dale Earnhardt, but like you, you go a little farther. You know, I'm a I'm a seven time kind of guy. So I'm you know I'm like Jimmy Johnson as well. Like what a true like statesman. Like what a true like you know representative of the sport. And then of course Dale Jr. Yep. Dale Jr. Um, and then you take it to the newer drivers. I got to hand it to um, you know a handful. Alex Bowman is my buddy. Um, he's you know by way of off access and Greg Stump. Um, you know, I've met all the drivers that he does the helmets for, and I've just become good buddies with, with all those guys, Tyler Ankrum, um, Tyler Reddick, uh, you, you know, name it, Chris Busher, and of course, uh, William Byron and, and, you know, with Alex Bowman as well, uh, uh, Justin Algar, Matt Crafton. So all these guys, you know, that, you know, Greg with off axis paint, um, he, he paints custom helmets, uh, for the drivers, um. And we became good friends by way of, of, of tour, being out on tour. Um, and my buddy Aaron Gillespie, that I said was on my songs, he's in a band under oath. Well, I drum checked for Aaron for over 15 years, which basically I was his assistant on the road. I helped set up his drums and set the stage. Well, Alex Bowman is, good, is, a, is a big fan of under oath. And Greg came to a show with Alex, because Greg does Alex's helmets. And we all converged in there in Charlotte at the Fillmore, um, which is a venue we played. And we just hit it off and became buddies and kept in touch. So anytime we came through on a tour, Greg and Alex are coming out to the shows. We're hanging out. It's great. And then anytime when we're in town um, and we had any time off, Greg's taking us around to all the race shops. Um, he's showing us around and, and introducing us to all his you know, peers and all his, you know, the companies he's working with. So it just became this big, huge community. So not only did I grow up with NASCAR loving, uh, you know, I got to see you know, Dale driving the Wrangler blue and yellow scheme at the Bristol Motor Speedway in 1985. Um, you know, that was one of his first Bristol wins. Yeah. And, yep. uh, and, and, and I, I, you know, not just growing up around it's one thing and then being, in a traveling band, I started touring in my own band when I was, you know, 18, 1998, 1999, and then just stayed touring and stayed songwriting. And then through the years, you know, met back up with these, these wonderful people within the past five years, um, you know, met back up with some people who are still associated with NASCAR. And then it kind of re-kicked back off this, this, this love and passion for NASCAR, you know, uh, that was there so much when I was growing up, you know, with, you know, and country music was there too. But then now it's like the music and NASCAR has kind of become intertwined for, for me and for, 
for everyone that that's sort of you know that's part of the rowdy camp. If well, you have if, though too because I've watched you perform live at Pocono Raceway. Yeah, so it's so it really has come like yeah, it has come like you are doing like your two loves are now being married together. Exactly, and I, I, I like I said, I couldn't be more thankful. I'm a, I'm a very blessed and very wealthy man by way of having healthy children, uh, a, a, a wonderful wife that loves me and cares for me, um, and we, we we've got a beautiful piece of property here in Middle Tennessee. And, you know, we got some happy dogs. We got, we got some happy <laughs> horses and, and I got a, you know, I got a fishing pond, you know, that I can go down to anytime. And so, like I said, I'm, I'm thankful for the grind because it never, it never, ever bought, it never took me to a place I didn't want to be. And if it's a, if your grind is taking you somewhere that you don't want to be, then that, then there's a reevaluation, you know, yep. that needs to happen. But I'm very thankful that my grind has, has brought me, Exactly to, to meet people like you, Johnny, like and be able to stay in touch and 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 be able to do things like this, create a platform for not only you know to entertain people and and to give them a a, a break away from the mundane or or you know to get to give them inspiration. You know, I, I, it's you know this this grind has not only taken me to places that are wonderful for me and my family, but it's also been able to benefit so many other people as well and i love being a part of that that's true community to its 100 and, and, and you brought up you know greg uh stump from off access and, and i want you guys to go check out his stuff i mean his helmets are amazing uh, and unbelievable not to interrupt you but their instagram account is amazing and and yes, and, 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 when they, and, and when they do the lives and stuff you will see that these guys are up at two o'clock in the morning working just like rowdy said i mean these guys sometimes i i they literally sleep right there at the shop. I mean, that's how dedicated they are, but Hey, I want to get back to you. Actually. I think you're sure sugarcoating some of this. I want to know, did you actually work on the helmets though? (laughs) So, yeah. So, so what was the best part about this is, is while I was there, I asked all these questions, Johnny, to learn all this stuff. While we're we're working together, I got, I just wanted the scoop. Like I said, I wanted the, I wanted the origin of this. So, you know, like I said, not only are these the most talented people that I've ever met truly, but they are the most humble and most passionate and generous people that I've ever met as well. Greg loves what he does, but he loves community more than anything. And he knows by way of his talents that he's able to help grow and steward a community with me. Like I said, with, with, with friends I've already mentioned, Aaron and JJ and Tucker, um, we are a tight knit family now just because we all love and are passionate about the same things. We may go to work at different places, but we meet at the same table and we eat from the same table and Amen, we love, love from the same table. So I, he, Greg did me a favor by inviting me down. So not only I said, yeah, I want to get my hands dirty. So he said, all right, here's the process. Well, you know, we go down the road to Bell, we go down the road to Simpson, we go down the road to to you know, other you know few different race shops. We go and and meet with a few other drivers, and he brings me back to the shop. He's like, okay, well, here are the cores. You know, here's the core of a helmet. I need you to basically take this shine, and I need you to be able to not see any reflection of light on this helmet whatsoever. So he hands me the you know the the certain grid of sand pad. 
and then hands me a Brillo pad. And then, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm sitting there working this helmet and I'm getting in the neck notches and, you know, and here, and he brings me a helmet. He says, if it looks like this, you did it wrong. And I'm like, okay, well, I had a perfect example to go off of, you know? Right. So I, I'm, I'm basically, you know, working this helmet and I make sure and, and I get all, make sure all the reflection is gone. And I'm like, okay, this is awesome. And then he takes it from me and he sprays this certain type of spray on it that basically opens up the pore of, you know, the, the, the material that the helmet's made out of. And then all of a sudden there's all these spots that are reflective. And I was like, oh, he goes, all right. He goes, now you know where you need to go. So not only is that, was that a four or five step process, just sanding the helmet, you know, sanding the helmet was a good 15 to 20 minutes by itself. And then comes the taping. And if you see these helmets, they're multicolored, they're right. multi, they're, they're multi levels of like images and, and graphics. And I go to take one layer. Right. And I'm like, wow, like this is this. Okay. And I'm, 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 we're, you know, we're talking like 16th of an inch to like 30 seconds of an inch thick wide tape that you're, you're basically forming over the, this, circle you know this dome and that's one of the hardest things to do is to to run something over a circle and for it to end up at the same point is is almost unheard of so you really have to calculate and get out the actual you know the the the, the stencil and then like you're, you're he's ta- he's taking a he's actually using a protractor you know in school you didn't know what to do with it other than stat you know stab your desk but he's actually using a protractor <laughs> a protractor and genuinely using it for what it's meant for and, and and actually getting all these lines to meet up. And after about five to six layers of tape and about six or seven layers of eight, uh, you know, decals, uh, image, you know, certain images that are on there, after about six or seven, you know, layers of that, it, this is about seven to eight hours of work already on one helmet. And this guy and this crew, they do over 50 to 60 helmets in a year. And that, that's not to mention the time that it takes to dry in between clear coats. He'll put five to six layers of clear coat on yeah. a helmet, and it takes up to two or three hours for that to dry. So the I'm, I'm in there at the, the, the grunt part of it, basically sanding and taping first layers. Now, I'm like, now, and luckily, you were digging at night. Oh yeah, and I'm and then I'm going yeah, I'm playing a gig over, over at a local brewery, Eleven Lakes Brewing, right there in Cornelius. Uh, that's a great great place, uh, Eleven Lakes Brewing in Cornelius, North Carolina. And then uh, Saeed's, which is like the 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 hangout spot for the NASCAR industry there, and 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 uh, Cornelius as well as uh, it, it, it's sort of the spot. It's the go to spot, right? Like in yeah, in the area. But I, I you know I'm playing those places, and then like I said, working. All day, but the most impressive thing, Johnny, was the fact that these guys put in all this seat time and these details that just are, and they're using razor knives to be able to like trim things that you can't get your finger down in, and it's perfect. It's perfection. Yeah, uh, it's unbelievable. And then, not to mention, sometimes they'll get callbacks on certain things with the helmets that they have to change, and they have to strip the helmet down completely. To get down to that layer. Yeah, that, exactly. Know, it's crazy. 
Hey, listen, buddy, with only a couple minutes left, I got to ask you, I, I got to ask you, are you going to be playing at any racetracks this year? Okay. I I was thinking about going back up to Pocono, but I did take on a, because you got to pay the bills yep. somehow, sometimes. I took on a, uh, a, a production gig, basically with a band called Blue October out of uh, Austin, Texas. I'll be out with them and the Goo Goo Dolls. Oh, um, awesome. For the for the remainder of, of the the year, basically, but I'm working with wonderful people out of Austin, Texas. That um, I'm really thinking I'm going to be able to to get some movement with some with Rowdy as well. So be looking for Los Sominaros, the new record. That's I will be rolling that out probably in the fall, and then coming in the beginning of next year, I was looking. I'm looking to get real busy with some tour dates for Rowdy. Get back out there. Um, and you can find everything at RowdyDixieOriginal.com, DixieOriginal.com, every, all the social media platforms, uh, TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, uh, are all Rowdy Dixie Original. Just look for the big cowboy with the big old beard. Um, and then everybody that I'm associated with, like I was just talking about Greg and them with Off Axis Paint, we collaborate. Everything is streamlined. We do everything together. So you can catch links and bios of everything that I'm involved in, all the people we've mentioned, just by way of checking out Rowdy Dixie Original. And just so everybody knows, I am going to have Greg on the show within the next couple weeks, and I'm going to make sure that we ask him the question, did Rowdy really work when he was there? I take pride in this, that I actually got to tape and finalize the pit crew helmets for the new GMS Petty, yeah, uh, uh, the, them, the new GMS Petty team, and the, and also with uh, Tyler Reddick's number eight team, I got to tape off and, like I said, finalize all of their crew helmets. So well, I'm pretty proud of that. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm going to be out at the uh, at the track next weekend, so I'm going to go by see them, and I'm, I'm going to look at one of them and send you a picture of it. Hey, listen, <laughs> buddy. Um, I, I want you to just real quickly. I mean, we only got a couple minutes left, but I want you to talk about. I want to. I want to. I want to end the show with the song called "The Farm." Okay. Talk a little bit about why you wrote it, what it's about, and we're going to end the show um, listening to this song. You know, tradition um, and and heritage. You know, there are words that can easily be thrown around, but when it comes to a, a family cultured uh, work um, land, you know, when, when, when something's passed down through generations um, like farming and ranching, uh, you take pride in the fact that things stay the same. Well, progress seems to take some things away um, and it makes, and it seems like things are disappearing uh, you know, when land is bought up and developed or when the price of dirt or the price of grain, the price of just being a farmer is too high. You know, people have to do what they have to do by way of taking care of their family. It's a tragedy to see, you know, the the, the life and the tradition and the heritage of something come to an end. Um, sometimes it's beautiful and sometimes it's tragic, no matter what. Um, something has to die in order for something to be born. Um, and, and in this in this case, um, the farm talks about my own personal family farm here in East Tennessee, uh, the Har family farm. Um, and, you know, in the early 
sixties, you know, when the interstate systems were being ran, um, you saw interstate 81 come right up through the middle of Tennessee and it just ripped the Har family farm in half. So we were forced to sell off, you know, the North side of the farm just by way we didn't have connection to it to work that land anymore. And then it just kind of stifled out any more progress of the cattle didn't have much pasture land anymore. So, you know, the money that they did pay that the state paid uh, for that right of passage was a certain amount, but it wasn't enough to be able to carry on this legacy or tradition that the farm would have, that the dirt would have. And I just took that example of that loss and just basically said, you know, no matter what happens, you know, the legacy and tradition can remain by the way of the people and the, and, and the blood, the DNA that carried it on. You know, you could take the farm away, but you can't take it, the farm out of me. You can't take the farm out of the farmer. Amen. You can't take you can't take that tradition away from a family that's held on to it for so long. So that that the farm is truly it's it's a it's it's a, it's a memorial. It's it's a it's a standing, living, breathing memorial to say that everything comes from something that had to come come to an end. But the beauty in it is that it was always remembered as providing and making sure a family had what it needed. Well, um, Rowdy, before I let you go, and um, I did not ask this of you um, during this interview, um, or I'm just going to ask you, would you end this show with a quick prayer? Yeah, absolutely. I Absolutely, I will. Um, Johnny, thank you so much for having me, and all you wonderful people out there uh, listening right now. Um, I ask, I ask uh, the Lord to, to bless you. I ask him to keep you safe. Um, God in heaven, provider, uh, you are the rain to our soil. You are the sun uh, to, our, to our life. Um, we have nothing without you. And Jesus, we thank you for your salvation. We thank you for your grace and your constant reminder that, that you are here by the sun rising in the morning. Uh, we, we're thankful for uh, providence in our families, keeping our health, uh, keeping us safe. And we we praise you. We thank you. You you didn't have to do anything. We don't deserve this, and you don't need us. You chose us, and we're so thankful for that. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace. And and bless all these wonder every ear that hears right now. Lord, bring them a renewal. Bring them a fresh wind. Bring them a fresh perspective. Bring them a place of just peace and an understanding uh, that you have it all right there in your mighty grip. We love you. In, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Rowdy, thank you so much. And I can't thank everybody for listening to the Outstanding Life podcast. Again, this is Johnny D., the motivational cowboy, telling each and every one of you, be safe, have fun and have yourself an outstanding day. We'll see you next time right here on the Outstanding Life Podcast. Santa State used to be Island Road Out to the family farm Granddaddy bought it after the war Cost him a leg and an arm 
When he passed, we took it over. Daddy stayed out in the field. Spent some years treading water till the dam came and dried up the mill. It wasn't the dirt or the rain, the times just changed, but he gave it a damn good run. Lost everything we had in that old farm face down in a concrete flood. Yeah, they buried us alive under anyone Yeah, they buried us alive under all off to college Built mama new house on a hill Steady fought tooth and nail for 20 years What the bank had already claimed Put it on the line so his family could survive And for that, hell I'm not ashamed So it wasn't the dead or the rain Times just changed, but we gave it a damn good run. Lost everything we had in that old farm face down in a concrete flood. Yeah, they buried us alive under anyone. Yeah, they buried us alive under anyone. Taking him away But he can't take the farm out of me It wasn't the dirt or the rain The times just changed But we gave it a damn good run Lost everything we had And that old farm face down In a concrete flood Yeah, they barely us alive under anyone Yeah, they buried us alive under planning a conference, convention, meeting, assembly, or any live event that needs a guest speaker, I would love to be a part of it. For more information, visit MotivationalCowboy.com. 
Thanks for listening to the Outstanding Life Podcast. Follow Johnny D on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Motivational Cowboy. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the show, advertise, or would like to make a donation, please visit MotivationalCowboy.com. And remember to have an outstanding day.